This podcast is made available by listener donations to Anchor.fm underneath Lockdown Universe. Thank you for what you are able to donate, and please enjoy the show. Welcome to Lockdown Universe. Today I want to start with a quote from Bob Lazar. He stated that if you have a device that can create gravity, you can have everything you can ever dream of in a science fiction book or movie. You can change time. You can create a force field. Anything you can think of, you can do if you can create a device that has gravity. And what they were working on in S4 back in 80 and 89 was a device that was already created by some other civilization that could create gravity. The only way you can create gravity that we know of is to have mass or the power of the mass of an earth or a planet. And they had it within the size of a basketball-shaped item. Listen into this podcast, find out more. What up, what up, what up? Welcome back to Lockdown Universe, home of the bizarre, peculiar, and unheard of stories of UFO, legend, and lore. Welcome back, welcome back, happy to be back. Hopefully you guys are doing well and taking care of yourself. So today, I'm really excited to bring this one to you because, you know, it's a story that is as old as UFO legend, really. Well, maybe not as old as UFO legend since we have cave drawings, cave carvings. Go back to 30,000 years BC and now Australia, but nonetheless, uh, it's a really interesting new take on a fairly familiar story. So Joe Rogan, one of the coolest podcasts, in my opinion, um, around, regardless of what you, what you think about him, um, has some of the best celebrities on his podcast. And this time, most recently he had, uh, Bob Lazar on his podcast. Now, everybody knows Bob Lazar's story, but he dropped some really interesting, new piece of information in this podcast and i wanted to bring them to you in my podcast and talk about them and see what you guys think so let me let me give you kind of a table of context what i'm going to cover today and then see if you guys want to stick around or not so hang on one second so in the podcast he talks a little bit about the reactor that he worked on what the government did to that reactor to try to figure out how it was going to work and you'd be surprised what they did um he also talks about how the one time he got to see multiple craft in the area S4 where he worked. Most of the time, the doors to all the bays were closed. He was just allowed to be in one bay. Then he talks in this particular podcast about the time they opened up all nine bays. Maybe they were doing some work or clearing or whatever they were doing, but they opened up nine bays and he got to, t- to see them, and he tells us what he saw inside. He also talks about his clearance and what the government did behind his back to keep surveillance on him and then why he decided to finally release uh, some of the information and, and uh, go public with his story. So I'm going to go and kind of give you some brief information about him. If you don't know who he is, I don't know how you could even listen to my podcast and not know who he is, but um, Bob Lazar, he was born in 59. So um, he, the reason the government even came to be interested in him was that he put a jet engine inside of his honda and uh basically used it as his as a as an experiment and the government was kind of at a breaking point at this at this particular point where they recruited lazar which was in 8990 um where they said hey you know we can't figure out a lot of the technology that we have and we need some 
open-minded individuals. Just look at David Adair's story. He's one of the first podcasts I did. They took him because they knew he was a 17-year-old brilliantly-minded kid who was creating his own rockets and uh, had better technology than the government even had. He was shooting off and creating Jupiter rockets, and the government recruited him to uh, work on their actual spacecraft. Um, Lazar was working on a reactor that powered one of the spacecraft. Uh, Adair was recruited to work on the actual spacecraft and additional information um, to figure out how these spacecraft work and reverse engineer them, which is what Lazar did with the re reactor. But um, that's why they recruited Lazar. Now, he stated that, you know, he was recruited and went to uh, S4 and he was working on a buddy team. They work in pairs of two. They don't have a huge team because the government keeps everything compartmentalized. That's why every different piece of technology had its own bay at S4. So you could only see what you're working on because the more knowledge one person has that's working on these programs, the more likely they are to divulge these plans and possibly be an a liability out in the real world not even you know to give their secrets away um to like the american public but to be captured and uh give away secrets right so you keep this information compartmentalized so he worked with a buddy um he, he was kind of like a buddy slash supervisor and they worked together to uh try to figure out his main goal uh his main job while he was at s4 for six months was to figure out how this reactor worked, to observe it, and to try to figure out anything they could about it. And what is interesting is Lazar in the in the Joe Rogan podcast talked about how when you work on these types of high technology, right? High, high higher than you imagine. He said it was basically magic. That's exactly what he said. He said it's basically magic. Now this reactor he states it had a gravity to it. He said it was pushing out gravity and, and had gravity to it um, from a decent radius, from about three feet out. So he stated that as he was walking in, his supervisor told him to go ahead and touch it. I believe his super, supervisor's name was Bobby. Um, and I, that's just what we'll call him because I think that was his name. Um, he said, Bob, and Bobby's told him, hey, go ahead and try, try to touch the reactor. Um, and they turned it on. So they knew how to turn it on and turn it off. That's all they really knew about this thing at the time. And they turned it on and Bob goes to try to touch it. And it's like two magnets repelling each other. You, you've done this experiment where they push against each other and have this cushiony reaction to push each other and repel each other apart. And the closer you try to touch them, the more it takes to push them away. And Bob said that this was the point where he realized that this was a turning point for him, that this was something that revolutionized his thought process and knew that it wasn't from earth because they knew that he knew that no one had the technology to create gravity that gravity would require large amounts of mass that's the only way we can get gravity right like the earth the earth has gravity large masses have gravity they pull things together towards them but we didn't have a way to create gravity. So he knew this reactor was clearly from off world and that he was working on something that was extraterrestrial so he also learned that they really didn't know much about this reactor. The only thing that they knew was that it had a power source and that they could take out the power source and turn it off. This power source was the element 115 that they later found out was part of our periodic table, but at the time was not. You guys know that part of the story. But what Bob likened this particular event and this program that he was in 
was very similar to dropping off a motorcycle in the Wild West or even earlier, right? Let's say the medieval times. He said they, you know, people could tinker around with it. They could play around with it. They could do all they wanted, but they wouldn't be able to replicate the technology. They wouldn't even be able to replicate a plastic fender from the motorcycle. He said eventually, if the keys were in the ignition, they'd figure out how to turn on the motorcycle, and they might even be able to ride it around. And he said that's exactly where we are at as a human species. We were able to turn on the reactor. We were able to turn it on the spaceships. We were able to ride around in them. But we're not able to manufacture, well, he said they weren't manufacturing them. Um, people in the Wild West would not be able to manufacture a bike. They wouldn't be able to manufacture the engine yet. Um, they wouldn't be able to manufacture even the plastic for uh, for the fender. So it, that's kind of like where Bob felt like they were at with this reactor back in 89 and 90. Um, where they just had no idea what they were doing. They were there to observe. They were there to write down what they saw. And that was about it. Now, he had a Q clearance. So the Q clearance is the highest civilian clearance you can get. Um, he knew that they were tapping his phones, so that wasn't an issue. He stated that they told his, the government told him that you can't talk about what you're doing with any of your friends. You can't talk about it with even your wife. Well, he had a wife. And uh, what he found out was that uh, later on was that his wife was actually cheating on him with a... Uh, flight attendant now to maintain your Q clearance to maintain working in s4 you have to not only be psychologically sound and capable of performing your duties but you also have to have a solid family unit and not have any disruptions or arguments or kind of divorces or anything going on that could compromise your ability um, to be stable in the program so the government was monitoring his phones found out she was cheating they put a hold on him coming into work they put a hold on him coming into the project now after a while right like you can say okay well they're giving me a couple weeks off or whatever um, because maybe they're working on a project that they're finishing up and they're going to bring me back on you know that's all fine and dandy he even stated that they would call him at weird times weird hours to come in they'd even call him at 11 p.m to be at the airport at midnight to be flown in to work on the project so to become part of these projects is to really have your life be put on hold and not be able to really do a whole lot of anything else that you need to be available. So uh, he was available. Um, so it wasn't out of the realm of possibility that he could be called in. But what he later found out was that there were people following him around, government agents following him around as he was off work. They want to see if you're going to go be a liability, you're going to go talk to somebody from another country, talk to a friend or family about the, the, the program that you're working on, so on and so forth. So he started to get suspicious and he started to say, well, you know, I don't know what's going on. I don't think they're going to bring me back into the program. He said, you know, he got a little, he got, frankly, he got a little ticked off. And so he said, well, you know what? I don't have anyone to talk to. He wasn't part of the program. He was feeling lonely. And I think this is where the government really failed him is where they need to have back then they probably didn't have, I don't, maybe they did, but I don't think so. You know, where now we value mental health and value our employees, mental health. And we offer mental health programs through third parties, through a lot of different companies. Um, but back then, you know, if, 
if you're isolated, chances are you want to talk to somebody. Well, Bob talked to a couple of his friends, and they said, you know what, you know the, the, the job I took? He said, well, come with me. And they went up into the mountains. And this is before the government did the land grab. He brought them up into the mountains and uh, were able to see on a Wednesday night, which is the night that the government decided was had the least traffic on any, any of the highways. So if they, if they were flying and doing experiments with their craft, no one would see them. He took his friends up into the mountains on, a, on that Wednesday night. He and four of his friends were able to see these aircraft zipping around, just like as if you had a laser pointer on a wall. This thing was bouncing around to find the, light, uh, the laws of physics. Um, and that's exactly what Bob said. He said the, all of the technology that he worked on was defying the known laws of physics. Now, we can get back to that in a moment, but basically, <laughs> Bob took all of these guys up on up into the mountains multiple times, and they eventually got busted. They eventually got busted, and um, because they took a Winnebago up there, eventually. I mean, if you take a Winnebago up anywhere near a military installation, they're going to be suspicious, because that thing could have weaponry in it, could have something that could explode, could have anything, right? So little did they know that the military was watching them. And one night, Bob was like, you know what, I wouldn't be surprised or I, I wish, you know, somebody would come up and like it blow this place up or something like that, you know, or the aliens could find out that we have all this stuff and they could blow this place up. The second he said that, he said that they, they saw this little green ball coming up towards them as they were, they were talking and it was the night vision goggles that were dropped, um, a few hundred feet away, the, the light emitting from the night vision goggles drew up towards their, their area. And they saw all these guys were watching them. All these military men were watching them. And uh, he got debriefed the next day. Um, they did not arrest him, surprisingly. Um, and and uh, they kind of let him go. But that's, that's kind of the end in a nutshell. But what you guys are interested in is, what about this reactor? What about this reactor? What did they do, right? What, what do we know about it? Well, the reactor, like we said, had tons of gravity to it. So gravity can only be created by large mass. So what else can create gravity other than an insane amount of energy? And we're not talking about just insane energy. We're talking about Earth, planet, possibly Jupiter planet-sized energy. An entire planet's worth of energy into the size of a basketball. And that's the, the size of the reactor that they were working on. So what's interesting is he knew that it was nuclear. He knew that it was super dangerous to even work on this thing. Because if you're working with that much power, imagine, imagine working with the power of the Earth, right? Or the power of Jupiter in your hands. And um, they want you to figure out how it works. But they don't know anything about it. They don't have a manual. They know they can turn it off, turn it back on. But even if you're working with it off, could it still explode? Absolutely. What if you accidentally cross the wires on um, anything? <laughs> any, any, anything. You, you could accidentally cause an explosion. Uh, you know, you don't know what you're working with. Just because we turn off a circuit breaker to our human power doesn't necessarily mean turning off the power to an extraterrestrial object will turn off all of the power to it. Maybe it has a backup power that we don't know about or a backup supply generator somewhere inside of it that if we accidentally break it, it's it's annihilated. The, the fascinating thing is, is that 
when they tried to run energy tests on this reactor, it showed no energy coming off of this thing. It didn't show any heat coming off. When you work with anything that requires power, it will emanate a, a, an energy signal. So they can test things for power, right? They can utilize infrared technology. They can use different technologies to see what kind of power is coming off this thing. It will always emanate heat. Think about your phone. If you're on the phone for a long period of time, that battery heats up. It's, em it's emitting energy. It's emitting power, but it also has to release power as well. It has to release the heat as waste. So check this out. This is where it gets crazy. The government wanted to get inside of one of these plasma balls. Uh, Bob Lazar was not the first scientist to work on this. He said that there was a catastrophic event that happened to the previous scientist. And then they needed to bring him in. Now imagine that. Imagine you're the person they bring in after a catastrophic event happens to the previous guy working in your position. Yeah, you might be crapping some bricks. So what happened was, he found out later, is that they tried to use a plasma cutter to try to cut into this nuclear reactor. Does that sound like a good idea to you? Doesn't sound like a good idea to me either. And so that's not what Bob did, but that's what they did previously. Now they were being a bit more careful. Could you imagine the amount of explosion that that would cause? I mean, if they were underground, the entire base would be exploded. If they were above ground, it would still be exploded, but it would emit an even larger explosion, uh, you know, outside that would be visible. So where did this explosion take place? How big was it? Who knows? Maybe, maybe he only got irradiated um, and turned into dust, you know, like the Medusa weapon or whatever the case is. But something happened to this previous scientist. Now, Bob was only there for six months because of the, the marital thing and because, you know, he was taking friends up and showing them basically what happened up there. So that's that's why he got cut loose. Um, obviously, throughout the years, people have said, oh, Bob's, a, you know, a bunch of BS. He's not he's not telling us the truth. Um, but there was, there was tons of proof that he was in the military. He had pay stubs. He had all this information. Um, and of course, you know, he did come out and, and, and talk about it. Now, what's really interesting is, is that he didn't get arrested. He didn't get told to keep your mouth shut. Um, and he was hoping that his supervisor would come out after he came out and, um, you know, back up his story, not only back up his story, but come out with more information because the supervisor had been there for longer. Um, and they were kind of along the same mind frame when they were working together. Um, so he was hoping maybe this guy would divulge some other information, some more detailed information, but he never came out and he could still be working there to this very day. So Bob feels like by him coming out, it might've only increased security or their security um, of never having anyone else come out and speak because everyone basically came out against Lazar and made him, you know, basically null and void for his, his, all of his real information coming out um, and making him look like a fraud, which is not the case. I mean, I doubt he's really made much money on this at all. Um, so he was just telling his story and uh, putting it out there for people to know and to people for people to understand. The other really important thing, too, is that they actually told him that this reactor, this specific reactor, um, in the paperwork that he was given, he wasn't given a lot of paperwork, but in the paperwork he was given, he was uh, 
acknowledged that the paperwork stated that this was from the Zeta Reticuli system and that it was from the third planet in that system. They gave him that information because it was pertinent to him understanding the, the, the minerals that might be in this device, how the device operated, how it might need to operate in a binary star system, which the uh, Zeta Reticuli system is, has two suns, and um, there's a lot of different pieces that go into the puzzle of a solar system, right? Like how how far is the the, um, the circumference of the star rotations around the binary system? How does that play into the gravity? How would it play into how much gravity it would take to come off the planet to make the, the trip between the two uh, star systems um, and, and that kind of information? So it played a role. But that's what's really fascinating. Not only did he believe it was extraterrestrial, but he was also told by the government that it was extraterrestrial and it did come from the Zeta Reticuli system, which does exist and was proven by Betty and Barney Hill, specifically Betty, who had the star map in her head and in her memories and drew it out underneath hypnotic regression where the grays showed her where they were from. After she drew that map, that map was shown to multiple different scientists uh, and astronomers and one astronomer was able to locate where this system was and they identified that it was the Zeta Reticuli system. That was many years before Bob came into the picture. So it just double verifies these grays, where they come from and that it's real and that uh, this information is gaining more and more veracity and truth. So that's that's kind of some of the new information I received in um, the podcast. I thought it was fascinating. Um, Bob continues to work to this very day in his own company um, that he, he has and he, he uh, owns. Um, and so he continues uh, to work with that company. Um, what's crazy is in 2017, just kind of looking through some of this other information, in 2017, Lazar's workplace was raided by the FBI and local police, which Lazar theorizes was to recover Element 115, a substance he says he took from a government lab. Uh, records obtained through the Freedom of Information Act show the raid was part of a murder investigation. That's so weird. That's so weird. It's like... You know, they're just trying to, like, get this guy on something, but they never could. They never could get him on anything. And what's cool is he also worked with um, George Knapp, who's, you know, world-renowned reporter um, from Las Vegas and comes out and talks uh, and reports on legitimate paranormal activity, UFO engagements, UFO uh, whistleblowers and that kind of thing, but... Um, yeah, I mean, this is just a, it's just a fascinating story. I mean, obviously, most of you guys know about Bob, but this was just a little bit of a different twist. And I didn't know if you guys knew all of that information. It was new information to me, and I've been in the UFO research field for, you know, 24, 25 years. So, anyway, I hope you enjoyed it. Uh, I'll try to bring you guys some more, and I hope you guys have a fantastic evening. Hopefully you guys are taking care of your spiritual health, emotional health, physical health, taking care of your family, following up on your hobbies and your goals and your dreams, and as always, continue to question the universe out there. Until next time, guys, take care and lock down universe out.